welcome, dear listener. Yes, it's Weekend at Crombie's 2, The Legend of Crombie's Gold, Volume 3, The Best of the West, Episode 9. And tonight, we'll be discussing the film Tombstone. That's not bad. That was is it? very good. Oh, oh. there's a little flourish in there as well. <laughs> good evening, dear listener. My name is Dr. James Evans Esquire. Don't worry, Wyatt. My family's rich. And I'm Hugh. Let's have a spelling contest. <laughs> <laughs> and bravo, both of us, for uh, passing up the most obvious i'm your huckleberry <laughs> yeah oh, i was also it was there's a great scene in it where kurt russell just shouts no in Ooh. slow motion like he's on peyote or something yeah <laughs> i was tempted to go for that one <laughs> okay well yes uh we're in the 90s we've mm. written there if we've left the 80s and the 70s behind us we've made it to the 90s we're almost there we're almost yeah, there when we, we, we can see the summit we've we got we've got one third is it winning one third it is one yeah, third isn't yeah, it yeah hang on yeah, we've still got three that films doesn't, that doesn't watch. feel like almost there <laughs> no, it doesn't <laughs> I felt, it felt like we we're almost there because the 90s is still very real to me so yes, you know, yes it's true past anymore but i guess if you think about the number of films we watch compared to the number of months left in the year there is still three <laughs> after september of course indeed Math, enough maths we're doing tombstone this was our pick uh, yeah, yeah. lots of good picks we're going to be really hemmed and hawed over which oh, film we to did. pick we could um, have had the quick and the dead could couldn't have we? unforgiven unforgiven yeah oh blimey that's it and more <laughs> there are and more. others and others and a n others we could have well, had wire up we could have had, we could have had uh, um, City Slickers 2, The Legend of Cody's Gold. <laughs> you could have. But God. Tombstone, Tombstone it is. It's a big film. It's a, it, was a, it was a smash hit, wasn't it? And, uh, and it's, it's it weathered well in, in memory, I think. Um, yeah. And of so, course, it's, it's, a, um, it's a companion piece to the one of the films we watched earlier in the uh, season Clementine, as well. Yeah. Clementine, yeah. I think yeah, is the first time. Is this the first time we've, we've doubled up on the history then? I think it probably is, isn't it? It is. Um, yeah. So again, and also, the, the events play out very differently, other than the fact that bad guys <laughs> still get killed at the OK Corral. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's it's a very different kind of movie. It is. It is. Um, although, once again, I think the uh, the scenery is well and truly eaten by both Doc holidays, so maybe that's what it's got in common. Is like, if you get the part of Doc, you know you're going to have a good time. Yeah, you do. Yeah, very good. Yes. Um, I'm surprised, actually, to see Val Kilmer looking... I mean, even though he's got tuberculosis, <laughs> compared to his um, cameo in Top Gun 2, yeah. he, looks, he looks a picture of health. Yeah, I mean, he, he was, <laughs> what, days away from uh, the coffin there, so that's uh, <laughs> not too surprising. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But, you know, Doc Holliday Val Kilmer doesn't look too bad. <laughs> I know, Doc Holliday Val Kilmer is doing all right for himself, isn't he? He's not doing too bad for himself, is he? Yeah. But now let's let's jump right into it, because this, mm. this is an epic in every sense. Um, so in fact, we, we begin, um, and this is this is how stamped on Cowboy. This is Robert Mitchum is giving the voiceover, um, <laughs> yeah, and he and he, and he it, with like old timey films, like films from the the silent era of Hollywood is playing. Well, it's actually a clip from the very first western, uh, we uh, the Great Train Robbery. 
Yeah, that's from 1903. The clip is used. So again, Rob Mitchum is giving the, the story, and then it's inter- yeah. interposed with the the actors from this movie against sepia um, films yeah. to kind of you know blend yeah. in the reality. But uh, what a voice he's got as well, Robert Mitchum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even then, because <laughs> yeah. he was yeah. old. He was old then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is why you only heard him. Um, <laughs> and again, we we be mentioning a lot of names because everybody's in this movie. This literally is a, everybody. This is a cast that is stacked. This is the bridge too far of, of cowboy films. <laughs> Is it though? Probably isn't it. In, in terms of cast, I think it's more. I think it has more names than a bridge too far had in terms of, of, of stars. It's literally it's a murderous row of <laughs> of Hollywood actors. I don't disagree. The only thing I would say is some of the actors in Tombstone weren't as well known then as they are now. True, but not that many though. You talk about like yeah, Billy Bob Thornton and everything. He, yeah, and maybe yeah. Stephen Lang and. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stephen Lang, some of the yeah. some of the supporting actors, I think. But nevertheless, yeah, yeah. There, there, there's a lot of headliners coming on for, yeah. for small roles just yeah. to, to do this. Now. Anyway, uh, so the, the the narration tells us that in the in the year 1879, um, you know, the, the West is is booming after the mm. war. You know, silver is being discovered and cattle ranches and all that kind of stuff. Um, but of course, the people are running ahead of the law. So the law is uh, is being um, done by the, these outlaw gangs, the biggest of which is called the Cowboys, um, which yeah. they all wear red sashes to show their, their gang allegiance. I mean, um, who's the leader? Is it Powers Booth or is it Michael Bean? It's Powers Booth. Powers oh, no, Booth. But Michael Bean's the, uh, he's the, he's the, he's, he's the brains behind it. No, he? no, he's, he's not the brains. He's the killer behind it. Well, I he's, suppose he is. Yeah, pa- Powers right. Booth, yeah. you know, we come into the, uh, so Powers Booth is Curdy Bill Brocious. <laughs> yeah. Um, with again magnificent moustaches and a, a set of cards on his riding boots. Yeah, no, he's, he's definitely the, the brains, partly because he's 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 a bit of a schemer. Like he's not, he doesn't really fly off the handle much at anything. He's just constantly conniving because he looks mm. in control of things. Um, the one exception being um, Michael Bean playing um, who say playing who's the uh, Michael Bean's character? He plays oh, what's his name? Johnny Ringo. Oh, well, that's it. Johnny yeah, 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 Johnny, Johnny Ringo. Yeah, Johnny and, Ringo. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Ringo is is the. You wouldn't say he's the lieutenant because that would imply he's somehow in charge. He's just the killer. He's like the the guy yeah, on the leash yeah. at the front of the car in yeah. Mad Max. It's like he's yeah, the, he's yeah. he yeah. never blinks and he constantly looks like he's about to you know pull off some incredible trick shot and shoot something through the head, which he often does. He does. Um, Whatever but, happened to Michael Bean? Oh. It was in loads it, of films in the 80s and 90s, like absolutely what? massive films. I wonder if the original script of Alien 3 had paid off for him. Um, it'd have been bigger because really? he was he was brought into Aliens on the promise that Alien, the next one, is going to be really big and starring you. And um, it never was. Oh, there we go. Because he was in Terminator as well, wasn't he? He was in Terminator, yeah. He was in loads of things, yeah. I think, you know, though... Um, the Abyss? The He's Abyss. Yeah, I loved him in The Abyss. Yeah. But, yeah, I think there was a, almost a... A watershed in like mid nineties where yeah, they almost yeah. just changed the cast of actors and went for a completely different yeah. type, like the the Arnie Schwarzenegger types. Yeah, but yeah the, I think you're right. You the know. kind of bigger yeah. than life characters and yeah, all, yeah, the, yeah. all the what you'd call not quite headliners, but solid leading yeah. men. Just said nope. I think you're right. Maybe I went think, to the I spectacle. Right. Yeah, it's just for the spectacle things. That, I don't know the, the Godzilla movies, Jurassic Park, um, big big yeah, the, the the Star Wars prequels, enormous movies that didn't really depend on a strong leading man. Yeah. And you lost, you lost a whole swathe of talent. He did because he was—he was in The Rock as well. He's in loads of yeah. He was—he yeah. was in massive, massive films. Yeah. But yeah. again, unless everyone's everyone's in this. So what we begin the guess the Cowboys are basically an enormous gang wearing red sashes and and not even terrorizing. They're just running the place. They do what they like. Um, and they and they are the law. And we it's demonstrated immediately, um, in the first scene, which is wonderfully menacing. They're all kind of galloping, and they see them it's walking great towards. First scene, yeah, isn't it? it's, it's, a, it's a Mexican town where the wedding's going on, and yeah. you see them, you know, slowly loading their rifles, and they kind of they square off against, um, 
apparently they're Mexican policemen. I thought they were just in their fancy wedding gear, but I thought they were a rival gang even. But um, <laughs> anyway, um, so, so Mexican guys with guns and rather surprised expressions come when the cowboys uh, square off against them, said you killed two of our own and then vengeance is taken. They kill everybody in the wedding party. Um, and as they sit down to, to snaffle their wedding feast, the priest is not happy about it. Um, and sure enough, Ringo kills him too. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. and they say, apparently the, uh, the priest was, was talking in Spanish about uh, what would happen to them. And he was quoting Revelation saying that uh, a pale a man would come on a pale horse and hell will follow him. Um, uh, which is rather disappointing because the next scene is wired up um, as he, he collects a very not pale horse. <laughs> I was thinking, why, why, they just make it a, why not just make it a pale horse? Maybe that was too on the nose, but given that you had Michael Bin staring into the camera saying his name was Death and Hell followed, I thought it's clearly Wyatt Earp. Where's his pale horse? But yes, yeah, so we'll come to the Earps now. Wyatt Earp is a retired normal. The Earps. Yeah, that still makes me laugh. I know. It's so great when they call the Earps. <laughs> Uh, Wired up his retired lawman who's come to, to Tombstone to make his fortune. Um, oh, we know the story, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> We've got to go through the rigmarole, though, haven't we? No, he's missing one brother. His, his, yeah, his, uh, his, uh, his brothers Virgil and Morgan have come. They've all brought their wives, all very happy yeah, with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And one of them is addicted to laudanum, though. Well, Matt, his wife, Wyatt's wife, Maddie, is addicted mm. to laudanum. Yeah. Um, which we, we can come to. We come to that. I think she gets well. short thrift in this film. Do you know what? I've written short shrift. My <laughs> goodness, does Matty get short shrift? Because yeah. <laughs> So um, yeah. this this to me is a very mid nineties morality. Yeah, is that, yeah, so Mad Maddie, um I think she was wife, but Maddie's um Maddie's woman, well, Wyatt's woman, Maddie, uh is again has a, a chemical dependency. And that's it. She's not mean. She doesn't do anything bad. She doesn't betray him to the cowboy. She doesn't demand any of his time. She's, she's loving. Just, she's just she's got she's got an addiction. Yeah, and and she's seen like this is the worst thing ever and therefore why it is completely justified in going off with another woman and it's like they send her off don't they what they send her off and then robert mitchell in the closing and goes maddie died from an opium overdose brackets <laughs> yeah. and serve her right and it's like yeah, that's wow it, isn't it? Yeah. It's, like, it's almost like well she was gonna die guys so why it was allowed to leave her i know i don't know where was why you know holding the bucket as yeah. she goes to cold yeah. turkey stroking yeah. her hair yeah. making sure she gets off the horrible yeah. we'll nose. get through this together let me support you yeah, he basically just goes, is that you on the Lordham again? Yeah, he yeah. goes, yes. He goes, all right. <laughs> yeah, I've got to go to work. <laughs> That's just his intervention. Yeah. Come home with me. No, I've got to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, before this happens, again, the, before this happens, the, the three brothers and their three women are like, oh, isn't this wonderful? We're going to settle down and be happy. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Um, and There's a lot of basil exposition in this particular part of the film, I think. After that initial... Um, uh, gun down with the yeah. cowboys. It's it's basically twenty minutes of people meeting people in Tombstone. Oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> so many people are introduced all at once. It's like, oh, and hey, here's Doc Hollywood, and here's the local Do- sheriff. Doc Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> that would be a turn up. <laughs> surprise me though. If Michael J. Michael J. Fox turns up yeah. as Doc Hollywood. Oh, yeah, but um, so anyways, yeah. So Wyatt. Uh, Seth starts to settle in Tombstone. He actually managed to get a job as a, a local pharaoh dealer uh, mm-hmm. by chasing off Billy Bob Thornton. It was quite a nice scene, this, because yeah, Billy, Billy Bob yeah. Thornton has basically um, bullied his way onto the, 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 the gambling. He's the business. dealer, isn't he? He's the dealer, and he's so mean and stupid and rude that he's chased off all the customers. Uh, so Wyatt uh, just comes up and says, excuse me, you're in my seat. And Wyatt at this point isn't even wearing a gun to show he's just so rock yeah. hard, he doesn't need it. And Billy Bob Thornton because you know I'm, you better watch it and he's like no and people thought oh oh and he put, go on, wasn't put, expecting your, that yeah he's like pull out your pistol then but goes, i don't want to <laughs> jerk that smoke wagon and see what happens 
Um, so sure enough, Mike wound up with just the, the force of his personality chases away Billy Bob Thornton and, and, and takes over as the, the new dealer. So he's, he's got his feet under the table already in Tombstone because apparently there's a lot of money to be made in the, in the saloons and that the family is settling in. The cowboys do make kind of an initial uh, kind of sounding him out. Um, They're so hanging around, aren't they? Yeah, we've mentioned again Curly Bill and Johnny Ringo as the two leaders, but there are lots yeah, of peripheral lots of them, aren't they? Um, but one of them is there's a couple of Clanton clan, isn't there? Clantons, yeah, we have Clanton, by Stephen Lang, um, who again is he's marvelous because he's a complete scumbag. Um, Ike is not portrayed well. He's neither he's neither um, good at his you know good at being a bad guy like the others are, or brave or or dashing or anything. He is a slobbering drunk that is just rude to everybody all the time. Um, He's the um, who's who is the who's the guy in Young Guns who just was basically dirty for the whole. Don't compare to Dirty Steve. Dirty Steve had had grit. He's the dirty Steve yeah. of Tombstone. But yeah, Ike, Ike is definitely against him because if there's any trouble, mm. he will start it, knowing that he's got, got the full back in the Cowboys. He's got his brother, Billy, played by Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah, uh, yeah. There yeah, you we go. Got, we got um, Michael Rooker, just a random cowboy. Oh, yeah, cowboy. just random, yeah. yeah. He turns, though, doesn't he? That he, he, he goes to the good side. But yeah, he's, he's, yeah he he's, does. At this point, he's just hanging around with the Cowboys. Like, oh, is that Michael Rooker? <laughs> like, yes, who yes. Who been the leading role in many films, and now he's just <laughs> with the Cowboy gang. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's true. But, but Wyatt, again, is, is walking the path of peace and is not uh, taking anything. Actually, Doc Holliday has now appeared. We, see, we first see him again yeah. winning yeah. a hand of poker and, and just being, you know, dashing and slightly tuberculosis um, But What a uh, voice, though. Oh, yeah, he's got this wonderful <laughs> southern draw. And, and he is absolutely as cool as you like. Nothing phases Doc whatsoever. No. He, except, to, except in the end, tuberculosis. Yes, up to the point when he kind of starts coughing blood and falling over. That, that gets to it. But everything else, even when he's like sweating profusely and as yeah. pale as a ghost, he's still quite cool. Um, yeah, and in fact, this this woman hangs on him, doesn't doesn't she? Um, his, his wife. His, his, yeah. Wait, is it his wife? No, no, it's, it's, no it's not. His, it's just his, his Yeah, his squeeze. Yes. Um, yeah. That'll um, do. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, and, and she, she's she's equally have uh, equal partners. Like whenever whenever he's in trouble, she like holds the gun on the guys yeah. while he scoops up their winnings. Um, when he's when Doc collapses and is told, you know, there's a few changes you need to make: no smoking, no drinking, no gambling, and no having sex with this woman. She like um, then as <laughs> yeah. when the doctor's gone, she immediately jumps on top of him, puts a cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> it's yeah. like I'm a good woman to you. Yes, you are a good woman. <laughs> then again, you may be the Antichrist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, so Doc is there again by White's side, and again Johnny Ringo is standing out because Doc is obviously has a phenomenal reputation as a gunman, which again is different from the original film where he's played by um, Henry it, Ford. Uh, Henry Fonda, sorry, it wasn't that. It was Wyatt. Who was playing oh sorry, Doc? Victor Mature. Victor Mature, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so uh, Doc has this phenomenal reputation, as does Johnny Ringo. So Johnny Ringo, um, again, they uh, they start off by exchanging insults in Latin, which is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> although no subtitles are provided, so unless you know Latin, you're out of luck. Well, and also they could have been saying anything, really, couldn't they? Absolutely, they, but they both seem quite surprised and amused that they can yeah. talk Latin to anybody. Yeah. Um, but then Johnny Ringo, of course, does these fantastic gun twirls and tricks, and everyone's kind of like hush, thinking, "Oh, is it going to kick off?" At which yeah. point, Doc has a little drinking cup, which he then does lots of gun twirls and tricks with the cup. Yeah, it's a good scene. It's it? hilarious because it, it yeah. undergets it completely, and it still makes Doc look like yeah. you know the champion. Um, but yeah, so all all this is is, is kind of going on, um, and. And what else happens? We have uh, the, the 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 show comes to town. A bunch of travelling players, led by Billy Zane, and the. Uh, <laughs> and the <laughs> I can't who, imagine this. It's not Billy Zane, who you know, reciting um, the speech from Henry V. Yes. <laughs> speech from Henry V. 
And they all love it. Like all the cowboys are front row, and they're they're, they're entranced by this, um, including one of the deputies, Jason Priestley. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, he plays uh, a slightly effeminate yeah, uh, it, deputy, doesn't he? He's, like, he's totally besotted by Billy Zane. Yeah, because we can say, so yeah, even even though again the cowboys are essentially what they call the first organised crime, they're so got their hooks into into mm. Deadwood. The, the the county sheriff is kind of on their side, and um, Jason Priestley's his deputy. So they're kind of they they are not. Utterly, they they don't just go around killing sheriffs. They are, well, they do in a minute actually, <laughs> but they um they they are seen as kind of you know like the Al Capone, the necessary evil you put up with. Um, yeah, I kind of I thought this scene was interesting because I, I thought it showed that the audience were they're kind of they're a bit vulgar, aren't they? They might they might be enjoying it, but it's not the same as in My Darling Clementine. Oh, when when, when that's just. Yeah, when it's silence and everyone yeah. kind of just, oh, it's incredible. Whereas in this one, it's rowdy and um, yeah. explosive, isn't it? They're all loving it, yeah. And and then, again, um, they do a, a dance recital of Faust, which is, uh, <laughs> yeah. it turns out, the mysterious uh, darling sing was played by Dana Delaney, who's, uh, who, again, um, everyone is like, ooh, ooh, is this actor? Yeah. She's marvellous. And this, <laughs> this, is, this is Josephine Marcus. Um, and, again, this comes in because Wyatt is also entranced by her, you know, despite sitting right next to Matty. He's like, ooh, I like her too. <laughs> but uh, yeah. he's, he's, being Wyatt, he does kind of, again, Kurt Russell is playing this very kind of straight shooter. He tries to ignore her at first because yeah. he's, he yeah. knows, I don't even go near this. Um, yeah. This is nothing he, but trouble. Yeah. He likes to think he's a rock, doesn't he? He's not yeah, an oak. Yet. You are an oak, Oh, you know, yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but then again, sure enough, the next day he's riding in the um, in the country. It's quite a and, scene, Josephine it? rides up to him, and they're their horses. Their horses want their horses want to have sex with each other. Um, so uh, and they decide, you know, Dwight is like, let's get him apart. Thing. I wonder what the metaphor was with this actually. But, uh, <laughs> but Josephine's like, no, let's ride out. So they go on this crazy gallop down the hill. And they have um, they have a picture. We can speak a bit about uh, Josephine at this point. Um, I found her incredibly annoying. Um, yes. I, she is the most annoying character. And in fact, again, give me the laudanum addicted. <laughs> at least she was ways. committed to something. Again, yeah, I, she's got something about her. Yeah. And I don't know if you're again, familiar with the, the manic pixie dream girl trope, but I think this is a very oh, early example of yeah, the manic is, pixie yeah. Yeah. cowgirl. Um, because she's yeah. just like, everything's like, um, you know, are you happy? I'm always happy, except when yeah. I'm bored. And then I do something else. And I want to live off room service and see the world. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what makes you happy, Wyatt? Yeah. I was like, what? Oh, fuck off. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> my, that was it. That was what I thought in my head. Yeah. And, and yeah. So, I mean, ev- everything, she's kind of like constantly pointing these huge doe eyes at Wyatt without really being doing any, anything. Yeah. Doing anything or saying anything. Or, or, yeah. yeah. It's a little bit unbelievable, isn't it? I think that's a that's one of the things about this particular relationship. Yeah. Um, because there's there's no reason, really. Yeah. The, the What is it? What, how did what did you call the trope? The pixie dream? The ma- manic pixie dream. Yes. Thing. Yeah. It, it's the worst trope in all film. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, she's she's represented anyway. So, yeah. well, because after that, White then goes back to Matty, and it's like he he, he says what she said to him. Let's let's go and see the world for room service. And Matty, who's basically still in bed, going, "What the hell are you talking about?" Mm. And White goes, "Oh, in his mind, go, well, she's not the one for me." Then clearly, it's like yeah. you, you just threw a random design. It's like yeah, exactly. for room service, yeah. no. Yeah, I'm also asleep. room service is not always nice. Now I've got to imagine in 1879, it's not fantastic. No, I wouldn't have thought so. It'd be dangerous as well, I would have thought. Yeah. <laughs> you know, given how, how many people are killed. Yeah, with room service. <laughs> We're just generally in the in the Wild West in yeah. the 19th century. I'd, I'd be locking my door and <laughs> never going out. 
speaking of, uh, of of being killed, we uh, um, mm. we see that for the first instigated instance when uh, the Marshal Fred White, who is this old kind of Uncle Jesse type character, who's played like, by Harry Carey Senior, we who we last saw in Stagecoach. We never. We who did. was he in Stagecoach? It was. I think it was the. Um, I think he was the. Um, the boy changing the wheel. No, no, no. Oh, let me have a look. Yeah, he was definitely in it though. I can't remember. Um, oh, this I have to know. Yeah, hang on. I'm not seeing Stagecoach in his resume. No. Oh, hang on a minute. Maybe it wasn't Stagecoach. What was his name again? Rio Grande? Rio Grande, wasn't I? <laughs> Rio, Grande. <laughs> Rio Grande. Oh, it might have been Rio Grande. I was the Rio, Rio, <laughs> Rio Grande. Oh, shut up. Let's, let's start again. You say he was it might have been that because, yeah, I, th- I think. Oh, no, it was the Searchers. What am I talking about? He's in the Searchers. What? He, He's in the searches. Yeah, sorry. He, yeah, he is. Start, um, again, start again, because right. I'll, I'll cut to this. Sorry, not stagecoach. I meant the searches, right? <clears throat> searches. Yeah, the searches. What was he in the searches? Yeah. Oh, what was he? <laughs> <laughs> he was Brad Jorgensen. So he was the um, he was the oh. guy that went bonkers and went over the top. You know. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, that's wow. Harry Carey Jr. Yeah, so he's in goodness. the searches. There we go. Very good. So you know, a mere ooh, if yeah. Well, 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 40 years of later. Yeah. 40 years later. A mere 40 years later, you find out what he was in, or 40 years later, he was in Tombstone. 40 years later, he's in Tombstone as the sheriff. Wow. So, anyway, so yes. Um, the, the sheriff, again, he's a, he's a kind of a, a, a solid but rather, you know, elderly chap who's like looking for a quiet life. Um, but again, the uh, Curly Bill has, has visited an opium den and has basically wandered out in an opium fugue uh, and decided to shoot everything. He's, he's not murderous, he's just like shooting windows and trying to shoot mm. the loop. He's just a bit loopy at the moment. He's over the. He's 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 high, isn't he? Yeah, and and the marshal kind of comes saying, "Would you mind giving me your guns?" And fairly played a bit. He goes, "Oh yeah, sure, I'm just having fun." Yeah. Um, but as he hands over the guns, it's kind of implied that he did it on purpose, but it looks like he seems very surprised when the marshal dies as well. Yeah, he um, does. So the, the marshal gets shot through the heart by the ha- during the handover, and Bill's like, "Oh what what what?" Um, at which point, White clobbers him. Um, Curly Bill over the Take, head. Takes so, him into, yeah, prison, doesn't he? Well, yeah, first he has jail. to stop um, the regular folk of Tombstone trying to lynch him, and then he has to stop the cowboys trying to set him free. So he does yeah. a couple of things here. And once again, Ike is, is, you know, fully backed by 100 cowboys, is the one saying, turn him loose. And uh, and Wyatt just points his gun at him, saying, oh, the others can get me in a rush, but not before I turn your head yeah. in. But also, I think one of the things here is that Wyatt and the Earps possibly start to feel a little bit guilty here as well, because in the saloon, um, first of all, it's um, Johnny Behan, the sheriff, the, the the local sheriff who. No, he's the who, county sheriff. He's well, the, he's the county sheriff. Yeah, yeah. But he's 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 basically asked to do something because it's not my it's not my territory. I'm the county sheriff. It's your territory. Yeah. Um, Marshal White, yeah. and they he, you know the marshal then looks at White Earp as if to say, you're you'd be good in this situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and White's like. You better do something, didn't you? <laughs> well, what White is like, just let it lie. Maybe, maybe yeah. let it pass. I mean, in fairness, yeah. so Bill is like shooting through windows and stuff, so it, it, it should be stopped. Uh. Um, but yeah, but actually, yeah, we should. Um, so yeah, the, the the Earps have kind of had their first proper run with the Cowboys after after having a line of "We're not going to bother you, you don't bother us." This is the first face-off where they have it. And we'll say this, this is a thrown away as a side note. Clearly, Bill, nothing happens to this because apparently there was no witness to the killings, so therefore the judge won't yeah. will throw the case. Of course, so that's just dealt with. But the point is that the, the Earps are now marked men in terms of the Cowboys. And of course, Doc Holliday backs up White Earp, um, even though he's stinking drunk. He uh, he managed to scare off uh, Thomas Hayden Church by saying, "I have two guns, one for each of you." Yeah. <laughs> um, but the uh, 
but yeah, and again, so the, the, the more more so this is this is going on in terms of like oh yeah um the we may be getting rich, but the the town itself is suffering. Yeah. Apart from yeah. the marshal, not a lot of shown of the suffering. There's a moment when when Virgil no. scoops up a child who's run into the street and about to get run over by the horses, but that's but that's nothing to do with the cow. That seems to be when well, he hands over to the school teacher who's got a scar on her face. But again, this apparently again it all this all told in Samuel's face in like the the, ta- the ordinary folk are suffering and I'm not doing anything. A lot was yeah. still there because basically a kid almost ran out into horses does not in a town under oppression make. But um, <laughs> and that's the funny <laughs> thing about the like, <laughs> But that's the funny thing about the beginning. The cowboys start off, you know, with this incredible bloodbath where they yeah. kill these. Then they Mexican... didn't do much, do they? Well, they kill these the Mexican again. Like, yeah. like there was some kind of gang, probably a policeman. But again, all due respect to Mexicans, it was like over the border, so it feels like it was. It's not yeah. like they're terrorizing a town. They've gone over yeah. to have a feud yeah. with someone, come back. Um, so it doesn't feel like they are constantly oppressive. And apart from you know, like being a bit rude and slapping people, they're not really. It's not like, for example, the um... like the Magnificent Seven. Is it? I was thinking like the Untouchables when Al Capone blows up a little girl in the shop. Yeah, it's like yeah. that's very clearly oppressing yeah, people. Yeah, um, yeah. But nonetheless, uh, the uh, the Vierps are starting to feel twinges of conscience. The voice of which, which we haven't mentioned, is the mayor, John Clum, played by Terry O'Quinn once more. <laughs> yeah, so back two to in back, a row. Two in a back to back, he is the reasonable man <laughs> trying to get people team. to do reasonable things. Yeah, um, and he, he basically says, "Yeah, you, you're making a lot of money. Good for you. A lot of people are suffering though, yeah. and that's that's enough for Virgil." So sure enough, next scene he's got a badge, and sure yes. enough after that, um, Morgan. But we haven't mentioned played by Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton, yeah. Once again, this is Bill Paxton. He's not far off, you know, the um the Hurricane movie he made. What's it called? Um, Twister. So he's he's yeah. a leading man territory, yeah. but he is he's definitely playing. He's, he's the fourth. Say, he's the fourth lead, isn't he? Maybe yeah. not even that. The fifth I don't, lead. Yeah. I don't want to say the idiot brother, but he's 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 certainly the um the the youngest of the Earps, and it is shown he's the least experienced and yeah. he's slightly naive in everything. Um, he's kind, yeah. He's kind yeah. of peak. Bill Paxton, really, because he he plays these kind of roles quite a lot. Or he played these kind of roles quite a lot where he, he, he would be a little bit bumbling, but lovable, except in Weird Science, I yes. guess, where it's horrible. It, it, well, Aliens is similar. Aliens we, is we, different. You, would, you wouldn't call it? Hudson bumbling, but he's certainly No, but he's likeable. comedic, though, isn't he? Exactly, yes. He's, he's comedic. He's memorable and likeable in a supporting yeah. role. And I think yeah. that is, that is yeah, that's Bill absolute Paxton, Bill Paxton. He's brilliant yeah. at that, or was. Um, so, yes, yeah, so the... Uh, and. Once this has happened, of course, Wyatt is like, oh, God, I'm clearly going to have to sign up to back everybody's play. Um, because it's shown, again, that it all comes to a head when Ike loses a massive hand of poker to Doc, who is not being a gracious winner. Um, and then Ike is basically one around drunk saying, I'm going to kill a lot of you Earps. Um So he's thrown into the locker, at which point, again, his brother Billy Clanton and the, the McClary brothers, you know, they, they drag him out of jail, but they're all kind of like brooding now and grimacing. And they, um, they then... They then camped out at the OK Corral with guns, which is illegal in Tombstone. You can't carry a gun, and um, no, not anymore, not allowed. Yeah, and they uh, and they they say you know they're threatening their lives, and and Virgil's like, got to go down and disarm them. It's the law. And why it's like, can we not just let them get hangovers and and go home? <laughs> <laughs> and, but again, again, it's I think we say it's a misdemeanor, and you're going to risk all this for a misdemeanor. And you know, once again, I say Sam Elliott as as not the uh, the leading man of this has a fantastic line. He's like, you better I am. They're breaking the law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um so again as, as so the, the four of them again the uh the three ups doc holiday start to, to make their very memorable walk down the street to uh yeah. to it won't get wonderful tension here because someone set a building on fire just just to add to the uh, <laughs> yeah just to the uh, yeah, add <laughs> to the tension there we go and again it, um <laughs> A kid runs out of them going bang 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 bang, which yeah. is a wonderful moment of the tension. It was like, oh my god, oh no, it's not, it's not. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> 
but, uh, but then they sure enough they they have the uh, the legendary uh, squared out the face off of the, the OK Corral and it's it's played very well again. Ike mm. immediately dives for cover, but the three remaining cowboys again another cowboy runs away too. But the three remaining ones do the whole kind of like squaring off, hands fly to holsters, and there's just a lot of staring until it explodes in probably yeah. just, you know, ninety seconds of utter violence. And, and... I had to turn I had to turn the TV down. It suddenly <laughs> got really loud, and I was worried that. Um... My five-year-old, my six-year-old might wake up. My five-year-old, God, <laughs> five-year-old yeah. can sleep. Your six-year-old has to yeah, wake. Yeah, yeah. It, it, suddenly it was, you know, bow, bow, bow. oh yeah, bow, bow, for ninety seconds. Absolutely really loud. At a hail of bullets. At the end of which, yeah. both uh, Morgan and Virgil are injured, but the mm. three cowboys are dead, dead, dead. Um, they are. Uh, and but but. but the, the only Powers Booth and Michael yeah. Bean aren't there. This is the thing. They, they, it's, it's, you know, it's not the end of the film. Oh no! Oh no! Because again, the cowboys. There's more than three cowboys. They're not going to take this lying down. So, yeah, um, having having now done this, the uh, the uh, the cowboy. Well, actually, um, yeah, the Johnny Ringo. Again, this is why he's not the leader because he's he's very emotional. All this, yeah, he is, um, isn't he? Actually, right. and he's he's like yeah. drunk and he's like calling him out already. And, and it's uh, it's Curly Bill has to kind of pull him away, saying, "Not now, not now." Yeah. And sure enough, it's not now because eventually the uh, the cowboys make their play. Um, and in fact, yeah, the uh, they 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 send a guy in to kind of shotgun their their women, um, but they're saved by the unlikely intervention of Josephine, who just came over. She'd been tipped off by this the county sheriff, who's like uh, who does actually a very good um, impression of Billy Zane in Titanic when he's like, there was after tonight there will only be one power in Tombstone, and you will know him. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. Tipped your hand over it because she races over to the uh, the the Earps women, <laughs> and like says, everyone die for cover, so they die for yeah. cover and avoid it. But not so lucky Virgil, who gets who no. goes out into the street. Massive thunderstorm, we can mention. It's very yeah. atmospheric. It is. So Virgil is shot in the arm and loses the use of his arm. Um. So again, Wyatt and Morgan are distraught, but Morgan doesn't get much time to be distraught before he's shot in the back and quickly dies as well. So, uh, oh, so yeah. So after holding his hand, then Wyatt again in the. <laughs> I'm not going to say over the top, but it's dramatic. Wanders out into the street with blood up, up to his elbows on both hands in his shirt sleeves, screaming why at the thunder. Um, it's very 90s, isn't it? Yeah. He, again, um, again Joe's Josephine runs up to him to comfort him. He tells her to bugger off, which spoke yeah. for us all, I think. Um, <laughs> uh, and he's distraught. I mean, I will say, having the fact that these cowboys have ambushed two of the three herbs, you know, a, a cowboy with a, you know, a, a quick draw could have taken out more of them because he's, he's, Clearly very vulnerable at this point. Yeah, that's true. Why didn't they? <laughs> yeah, just put where were they? Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. Right. So they're not very well. Either way, so now, oh dear, the two, poor herps. Two of the three herps. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are back to the final herp, last herp standing. <laughs> the final herp. So the final, So again, uh, so Virgil is you know, having lost the use of his arm now. Goes with the three women and and the body of, of Morgan to bury back at home. Yeah. They uh, they they ride back. They actually go past where the cowboys are kind of sit on their porch and Wyatt can't look at them. But he goes, I want you to know it's over. Um, at which point Johnny Finger goes, smell that? Smells like somebody died. We <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. say that for some reason. Um, uh, John Clem, the, the mayor, Plevatera Quinn, may or may not have been killed. It's a really throwaway line where, yeah, where is, Morgan goes, they hit the Clem's place too. And it's the last we see of him. So a character yeah, yeah, who, who was kind of the, the, the moral voice and we thought is the mayor. That's it. Yeah. Bye bye. Well, I wonder whether, um, because there was a lot of script work on the yeah. film after it started to be filmed, whether yeah. Terry O'Quinn's original role was much bigger. I think there's a lot on the cutting room floor here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It even gives a two-hour movie, yeah, um, and maybe because I think um, when coming to the 
project, but Kevin Costner's Wired Up movie, I think, is legendary a lot longer. And oh, it's thought, well over three hours. Yeah, so maybe they thought yeah. we're going to be the one that people see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 That, yeah, that's how it transpired. Yeah, yeah. So maybe you know, you make it, you cut it to a lean two hours, and you can yeah. get around it. But um, although 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 Costner was intended to be Wyatt Earp in this, was he? Yeah, and because um, he had the suit, he, he dropped out and joined Wyatt Earp. Wow, how bizarre! Because the leading role wasn't enough. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? I think it was something to do with the fact that the production wasn't wasn't it wasn't going as fast as the pre-production wasn't going as fast as he thought, oh. and he wasn't. I don't know. It, look, who knows? But anyway, he dropped out of this, and uh, Kurt Russell took his space, his place. And to be honest, I can't imagine this film without Kurt Russell. Yeah, yeah. We can come with the performances, um, mm. but again, so the, the, the Earps are pulling away in the train, and just because, but they. The, the cowboys aren't letting this lie. Ike and uh, another guy still well have come to ambush them. Um, but Wyatt Earp has not got on the train. He's he's waiting to ambush yeah. the ambushes. So he blows away one of the cowboys. Uh-huh. And, and once again, Ike is immediately throws his shotgun away and gets to his knee <laughs> saying, don't he kill me, He does this a lot, doesn't he? he? It works. He didn't get killed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they, keep, they keep letting him go. I know. Well, he, he rakes his spurs down his face, which is... Yeah. And he, and he, but he says, yeah, it's like, you you tell him I'm coming and hell's... Yeah. Just happened? kill him. What's happened since then? There's two characters that we were introduced to as random gunslingers: Turkey Creek Jack Johnson and Texas Jack Vermillion. Who are these two <laughs> random gunslingers, but quite friendly to Wyatt yeah. and Doc? Now they yeah. come. Doc is now off his sick bed and uh, to help him. And also, again, uh, Michael Rucker, who played McMasters, yeah. uh, apparently attacking the women of the men was was too much for him. He's it's a too cabin. much, wasn't it? Yeah. It was so he's much. he's turned on them as well. Um, so now Wyatt's got his posse of five men who are going to hunt down all the cowboys and hunt them down. They do. They, they do. A lovely little montage. Yeah. Oh, do like uh, a montage. I know. And it, it begins with, you know, kind of them, them ambushing cowboys. You know, it's the usual thing like they caught them off guard, but the cowboys go for their guns and so they kill yeah. them. Yeah. Um, it does end with like in an opium den, one cowboy is reaching for the opium pipe, which turns out to be <laughs> Wyatt's peacemaker, yeah. which I think is just cold blooded murder. It's like, it is, yeah, it's cold blooded murder, isn't it? That's not defense. Yeah, but it, it, it carries. He's, he's a U.S. marshal. He's one of the U.S. marshal. Yeah, he's allowed, he? The vendetta ride. There's a scene when he kind of overreaches himself, and Curly Bill has got the majority of the cowboys ready to ambush him. But Wyatt, and apparently that again is is a tale that's true because you'd never believe it in a movie. Just walks out in the middle of the river bullets flying around him and uh, and shotguns yeah. to built to death um, and it was like how the hell did he manage that um, well i yeah i read that as well because when i when i watched it i was thinking what yeah. no you, could, you, you could see that the other characters are desperate to underline it afterwards because they go did you ever hear of that i didn't even yeah. see that it's a yeah. miracle because uh, even they were saying like look guys i know it's unlikely but apparently this happened <laughs> Yeah, but then uh, with Cody Bill is now dead. Um, but the Cowboys oh. are still a force to be reckoned with because uh, Johnny Ringo's in charge now, and he's even crazier. Um, and at just this time, Doc's health finally gives out on him, and he he keels over. So they have to put him in the in the tender clutches of a uh, of uh, of a rancher called Henry Hooker, played uh, Charles Heston. Heston. Look at this, yeah. Heston. Uh, he's there. John, I know John Heston's there. Um, so they uh, Johnny again again um, McMaster's is killed off camera, um, but his yeah. body is is flung in front of them, um, saying you know Johnny Ringo's calling out Wyatt, meet him at sunrise, and then we'll sort this out. Um, so and, and as a side note, also the acting troupe has been ambushed by renegade cowboys. <laughs> yeah, Billy <laughs> Zane's been killed. <laughs> uh, at which point Dana Delaney looks at all the cowboys and tells them how ugly they are. What an ugly yeah. world this is. Um, yeah. Which I'm thinking, given that her her colleague has just been killed for mouthing off at the Cowboys, I'd probably just say, 
sorry guys i'm off Thanks. yeah exactly keep it to yourself <laughs> yeah yes uh, but uh but she, she's now you know her eyes have been opened as to what an ugly world because she, she was all entranced by the idea of cowboys and what have you but um of course she was she likes excitement didn't she yeah although this when she gets in, bored she just goes off and does something else yeah absolutely gets room service <laughs> but the uh the uh the kill the killing of, of billy zane is probably too much for for poor um uh was it uh billy brecken he rides off saying we got to have some law again this this is two words he had two lines he has in the whole movie so again i'm assuming there was a subplot around billy brecken it must have been there must have been because he's not really ever introduced either is he properly he has he has one scene when they're making fun of him one scene when he's Mm. angry at the erps and one scene when he goes we've got to have some law And that's it. And that, I mean, I think in when was this made? Ninety three. Yeah. Jason Priestley was reasonably famous, wasn't he? He was a get. This is nine hundred two and oh was still hot property. Yeah. 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 And yeah, he's he's hardly got anything to do in this. So yeah, he, I he think, was the reason I, I got the... my sister to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's on the he's on the cutting room floor, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but we mentioned this because again, we uh, we the, the the what's remains of the acting troupe pulls into Henry Hooker's ranch too. As a chance house says, their bus actor got killed. Um, so again, Wyatt has a, a longing look with with Maddie. But more importantly, to be honest, is the the conversation he has with Doc when Wyatt's basically saying, you know, I I was in the heat of the moment when I faced death against Curly Bill, but I'm thinking yeah. about this all day and I can't beat you on him and go, can I? And Doc goes, no. <laughs> it's like so I'm going to my death. And Doc goes, yes. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, and, and, okay. says, uh, and, and you're so, too ill, aren't you, to help? Oh I yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. But it turns out, he? it turns out, as as Johnny Ringo is is waiting, he sees a again a, a, a hat and cloaked figure come towards him, mm-hmm. and Johnny Ringo is all kind of like, oh, I didn't think you'd have the nerve to show. And uh, who it is? It a cloud oh. of smoke appears, and Doc Holliday comes into the the four shot shot. Um, yeah. And Johnny Ringo, for the first time, is not as cool as he thought he was because he starts to he, he blinks for the first time in the movie. Yeah, he does. And says, oh, I, I don't want to fight against you, Doc. Well, why are we fighting? Yeah, I've got nothing against you. Yeah. yeah. Doc says, yeah, draw, go for your guns. Uh, they have a, again a, a, what accounts for a fairly long long standoff, but no, the guns are gone for. And Doc again immediately. Um, in fact, he's so quick, he un- unleashes his gun, puts one in, in Ringo's head, and then holsters it before Ringo can even do anything. Mm. And Doc is almost tempting Ringo to kill him. He's like, yeah, he Ringo has a, has a gun in his limp, now brainless hand. Um, and Doc's like, come on, come on, come on, come on. Um, he can't, can he? He can't. can't. Doc was, I mean, you, feel, in the head. <laughs> you feel Doc was kind of hoping to go out in a blaze of glory rather than yeah. in a, in a puff of tuberculosis. Yeah. But Apparently, yeah. that's, that's, um, that's true as well. Yeah. The, and they... Um, he, he was thought to have committed suicide, but they, they think that actually it was um, Doc Holliday that killed him. Oh, really? Yeah. So the film presents the theory that it was Doc Holliday. Uh, well, you imagine you probably, again, the reason why Doc was such a fearless gunfighter was he really was hoping to get a shot. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Well, he, he, yeah. had, he, had a, he didn't have anything to lose, did he? Yeah. And if unless he's the only one that comes out with a scratch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but again, so, so word comes and Doc says, I wasn't quite as ill as I made out. You know, they, uh, they have yeah. their little romance moment. And um, they kind of, again, they, they, they have their last ride of wire perturbed and his immortals. Uh, they kill all the remaining cowboys, except, again, for, for Sheriff Behan, who's, who's galloping away, and memorably Ike Clanton, who is in his last, <laughs> la- again, his, his, his third and final act of saving his life, just tears off the red sash and flings yeah. it into the air. So it they, works. Uh, it works. White and Doc shake hands, knowing that the <laughs> power the cowboys have been broken um, and again so the it ends again with with white going to the, the sanatorium where doc is now breathing his last breath um and doc just says you know um 
in fact, he's, he said before, you know, why are you doing this, Doc? You shouldn't be here. And he goes, well, Wired Up is my friend. And Texas Jack is like, I got lots of friends. And Doc goes, I don't. Um, yeah. And then they said, you know, Wired Up, you've been my friend. You've always you've always looked up. And you've always been straight with me. Thank you so much. Um, Wired Up has actually written a book about his friend, Doc Holliday. Yeah, my friend. Yeah, my Doc friend. Doc Holliday by <laughs> Wired Up. <laughs> I was then, like, if I was given that. Say, say, say if you had written... A, a child's comic about me uh, and you'd given it to me and it was genuine it wasn't like you know uh, yeah. it wasn't satirical or you know uh, uh, for a laugh it was genuine I mean I, I'd appreciate it but I'd struggle to hold in my laughter you see that book would have to be titled The Amazing James as well because that's how I have to refer to you um, because I as, oh, as, yeah. oh, as, yeah. as Jack Turkey Creek Johnson says I got lots of friends I know lots of Jameses but the only distinguishing one is that my kids know you as the person who said this maze is amazing so uh, what do they say <laughs> yeah, oh you've got a podcast yeah. with it's like oh The Amazing James oh The Amazing James yeah well that's one of the but, best things but, I've ever said gotta live up to that <laughs> it's not hard to live up to that <laughs> well the, non, the make sure The Amazing James um, but anyway so uh, Holiday Day again delivers his final performance. The tears come down his eyes. He's white. Yeah, leave me, please leave me now. And he he dies alone in the sanatorium. Um, it's quite and then a we, we scene because it is a he dies with the world in the sanatorium just going on. Yeah, yeah. His last words, "I'll be damned." Um, yeah. It's nice. It's it's a perfect ending, yeah. which then we're given the final ending, which is actually why it seeks out Josephine. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and he basically he, he delivers this. He, he literally is. He says, I've, I've got nothing. I don't have my honor left. I don't have any money. D- I don't D- have D- any. I don't yeah, even but, know how we're going to survive. I, yeah. And she goes, oh, okay, my family's rich, which is <laughs> the, the it, to me, that line lands like, is it raining? I hadn't noticed. Because if someone <laughs> says, I have nothing, but I want you. Well, he says, all I can do is love you. She goes, oh, yeah. I'm rich. She goes, oh, well, fine. Great. <laughs> so, so, yeah. That's not the answer to that, is it? Yeah. The answer <laughs> is that's fine. As long as we've got each other, we'll yeah, be all that, right. That's the correct and answer. then you find out later. Oh, and by the way, off screen. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, uh, I know. But apparently, they, they spent their entire lives together. Again, it was Robert Mitchum jumped back in again. Yeah. They spent their lives together. Um, Matty died of opium. Serve him right. Um, <laughs> Ike Clanton was killed in a robbery off screen as well. Um, serve him right, really. He, finally, he, des- he deserved finally. it more than Matty did, to be honest. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, and uh, yeah, Wyatt Earp made Hollywood friends, didn't this he? Is the, this is the final postscript, is that Wyatt Earp died in, in, in 1929 or something, and in that pallbearers yeah. were early cowboy stars, including Tom Mix, and who Tom, cried. Tom Mix wept. <laughs> yeah, who is Tom Mix? I know, you need to know a lot more about Tom A random Mix. name. Maybe Tom Mix was quite an emotional actor, we don't know. <laughs> Am I supposed to know who Tom Mix is? <laughs> if it was John Wayne wept, you'd yeah. think, wow, John oh, Wayne wept. Bloody hell. I think because yeah. because John Wayne wasn't there and didn't weep, they probably had to work around it. But I think they had to say like Tom Mix and you know brackets. Trust yeah. me, Tom Mix was a hard. <laughs> he was a, he was a he was a hard bastard. He, he never cried for nothing. <laughs> I know, but I'd love if they put that in. Rob Mitchell yeah. was like Tom Mix wept, and if you knew Tom Mix like I did, <laughs> he never wept. <laughs> He once stood on a plug and he never wept. <laughs> Fell off his horse, broke his collarbone, didn't say a word. <laughs> but you see, I mean, that's interesting, isn't it? But what's more interesting, which they don't really mention, is that Josephine Marcus died in 1946. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, a year before My Darling Clementine was released. That's mad, isn't it? That is rad. Yeah, so she actually lived into the Hollywood era when they were making films about Wyatt Earp. 
But she didn't make it to my darling Clementine. She didn't make it to my darling Clementine. Clementine made it there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe that's. Do, do you think she was on the sidelines, just going, maybe give Clementine some kind of laudanum addiction, and then we can just <laughs> yeah. move her yeah. along a bit? <laughs> Why can't she just be called my darling Josephine? Because <laughs> the song isn't my darling Josephine. No, I know. Well, the song was made up for the film. Was it? Haven't we had this conversation? So yes, it was. that's the film. That's the song that the film. It could easily have been called Oh My Darling Josephine. It's got the same number of syllables. Please, everyone, refer to our February episode to determine whether indeed, this is true or not. But, um, but anyway, we've made it to the end here. Robert Mitchum has led us into the uh, the uh, the sweet embrace. Robert Mitchum. I mean, is he in a lot of westerns? Robert Mitchum he isn't, is he? Feels he's not. Like he should be. He's he's you know crime and film noir and stuff, but he's not really a western actor, is he? You don't. He must have. He must have done. Um, well, I'm sure he has, but he's he's not your he's not your Henry Fonda or your John Wayne, though, is he, Robert? In in terms of the western genre. No, you, you, you're very right. Yeah, he's his his big movies. You they're feel all, like he... they're all noir and and they're all kind of gangster and thrillers, aren't they? You know, it's yeah. that kind of you know, Night of the Hunter and um, Cape Fear. He's a tough guy, isn't he? Kind of gangster type guy. The Lusty Men. There you go. The Lusty Men. The, the Sundown is probably the best you can get. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. El Dorado. Five Card Stud. But they're not, you know, they're not classic westerns, are they? No, no, but you, but the thing you hear and you think, yeah, that works. Yeah, I think possibly they had a different actor in mind, but he was too ill to make it. They, they again, they did try to oh, really. sprinkle a lot of, of of kind of yeah cowboy royalty into this. Hence the the referral back to the great train robbery at the start. But, Very good. I also have yeah, Robert Mitchum, Burt Lancaster's another one who I think is in lots of westerns, but he's not in. He was in the he was wasn't he Dark Holiday? No, that was that was, that was, a bit too that was no, that was, no, the, the the one where we've skipped over. We've skipped over the gunfight at the OK Corral. Oh, I think yeah. it's, it's Burke Lancaster and um, Douglas Kirk Douglas as Doc Holiday. Of course it is. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That film's terrible. Yeah, I mean the the, the gunfight at OK Corral lasts about thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the slowest because if you imagine this one, because again they they're literally a meter apart and blazing away. In this one, the gunfight starts and they all dive into a trench and they start you know, dirt crawling around and they start you know maneuvering yeah, and right. flanking. Yeah, that's and it. Buildings on fire. And yeah. It's like oh my god, it's too much, isn't it? Yes, yeah. too much. You're right. You know, yeah, that is um, that is Burt Lancaster and Kirk yeah. Douglas. Yeah. I guess if you call your film the Gunfight of the OK Corral and the, the, the opening song is about King Corral, <laughs> you've really got to make that gunfight. Even as we've learned now from history, it, that that was the that was the the, the Tinder block. That wasn't the uh, that wasn't the, the thing that ended it. That was the thing that started it. Yeah, it was. And actually, you know, the director of that film, The Gunfight of the OK Corral, uh, John Sturgis, directed The Magnificent Seven. Did he? Yeah, and before, The Great Escape. Before or after. Um, Gunfight the OK Corral is 57. Ah, so he, 7 is 60. I'll believe that because 7 was better. So at least Surges was an upward trajectory. Yeah, of, uh, yeah, yeah. But again, you know, I just think Robert Mitchum, Burt Lancaster, they should be in Westerns, but they're not really, are they? Ah, they're funny. not really. And before we move on into what we're actually doing here, I've got to say, <laughs> Burt Lancaster, I think he's my favourite actor. You do? I absolutely love the guy. Yeah, oh, God, I've never seen a bad film apart from Gunfight at the OK Corral, <laughs> which isn't a terrible film. It's just not a very good film. He's, Burt a Burt Lancaster actor. he's a brilliant actor. For filming a few Burt Lancaster oh. films. Um, the Sweet Smell of Success, The Leopard, The Swimmer, Judgment at Nuremberg, From Here to Eternity, Atlantic City, uh, Atlantic City The Train, Brute Force. Oh, he's just seven days in May. That's a cracker. I've um, seen none of these films. The Birdman of Alcatraz, Vera Cruz, Elmer Gantry. Elmer Gantry. Oh, what a film! What a film! What a what a man! <laughs> I love him. He's he's a he, Field of Dreams. Come on, I haven't seen any of this. Field of Dreams with yeah. Kevin Costner. Even that, even that. Oh, he's a brilliant actor. I love him. 
I do remember again. Yeah, yeah. I still remember the from here to eternity in the age when men could be athletic um, without needing six packs. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) When men were really men, you know, because men in those days they they were athletic because they they fought in the war, didn't they? That's the thing. And so they were allowed to drink heavy and smoke. So they they didn't have amazing (laughs) physiques, but they were men. I think I'm in love with Burt Lancaster. Anyway, this is about Burt Lancaster. Okay. Have we now given away what's going to be our Legend of Crombie's Gold topic for season four? <laughs> oh, you know what? The Burt Lancaster season. Mm. <laughs> you could call it something like the Lancaster Bombers. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> what we could do is... From here to a... Lancaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. Can't give any of this away. Oh, that's it. It's too, it's too late. <laughs> it's too late. You. It's too late. It's happened. <laughs> God. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Regroup. Come on. We yeah, got the, come uh, on. We got the kick right here. Okay. We'll take a break. We'll we'll recorral our horses. We'll dip our heads in some fat, ret- fetid uh, troughs. And we'll, we'll join you after the break. Welcome back, dear listener. Um, Hugh has... Uh, Oh, I don't know. He's moseyed through the OK Corral and we've reached the end of the synopsis. Ah, it's as good as I can do. <laughs> it's as good as I can do. I'm more I'm more kind of non sequitur kind of humour. Hugh's the guy that connects all the pieces with witty puns. So that's how it is. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's Tombstone. Um, hell of a hell of a film in many ways. Um, yeah. Wow. I mean, what, how do we how do we start? How do we start let, with Tombstone? I, I, I think let, let's begin with its place <laughs> in the decade because we we've come out of the eighties here. Oh, we this have, we? is yeah. this could not be more different from Young Guns. Um, no, this is this is this is polished, isn't it? And this is <laughs> this is. Oh, no, I did. Oh, like you're right. I didn't enjoy Young Guns, but yeah. okay, n- well, this, n- this is this is very different from Silverado and even Pale yeah. Rider. This is different but, from the, the films of the eighties. Well, that's what I mean. This film doesn't feel this film isn't gritty is it it's not grubby and muddy this yeah. is hollywood sheen western isn't it i uh, i think that we can come on this by something that we've been expecting since we first started watching stagecoach which was <laughs> a classic western yeah, and we kept right. saying we haven't seen one this mm. feels like a very conscious attempt to make an epic and to make a classic western even though it may not be maybe harkening about something that never truly existed yeah. From the from the big movies, but it, it's like let's have a gunfight, let's have the the, yeah. the 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 marshal standing proud, let's have again. There are lots of scenes of like wide up just his silhouette as the music plays, um, and this kind of stuff. It's like let, let's let's do this. I think that's exactly right, and um, I'll come on to uh, a little bit of analysis shortly about about that, and perhaps about the differences between My Darling Clementine and Tombstone. But one of them for me is that Tombstone is. It, it's a it's a oh, what what's the word I'm looking for? It's a filmmaker's western, isn't it? Or it's yeah. a it's a cultural western rather than a genuine western in that regard. It takes the tropes of the western film and puts it into the iconic tombstone setting with the iconic gunfight at the OK Corral. Um, and we've seen bits of this film haven't we in many other films but we haven't seen the entirety of the tropes that we would have expected to see so i completely agree with you this is this is a referential film in many ways um and it's probably coming at a time in the 90s in hollywood where it was all about that um 
it was all self-referential in the 90s, wasn't it? It was all bringing things back to things that had already happened. You know, the the, the kind of burgeoning career of Tarantino and yeah. his reflection on all of the kind of gangster and the the kind of um, the films that he he influenced him, as it were. You've got um, you've got the I don't know. It's the it's the rise of filmmakers like David Fincher as well, isn't it? Where it's it's very self-referential. It's very studied and focused um in in that era and that that to me is the 90s in yeah. in an absolute it's a it's a touchstone film for the 90s i think in that regard i mean even unforgiven unforgiven mm. doesn't exist unless you know the movies that came before it it's a wonderful well, movie in, it's itself, a wonderful movie yeah you're right knowing everything around the cowboy era means you're much more clued in about unforgiven well we we we, we spoke about unforgiven in the context of watching um the outlaw josie wales didn't we yeah in the yeah. sense that william money feels like well, well, Unforgiven almost feels like a sequel to the outlaw Josie Wells. It's yeah. it's Josie Wells who's settled down, <laughs> decided yeah. that he doesn't want to fight anymore. That's William Money, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so you're and right. That, yeah. That, yeah, that to me is like as as Logan was to the superhero movies, Josie Wales yeah. is to the the westerns. And then you go the other way in something like The Quick and the Dead, which is like Western shootouts are good. Let's have a movie made entirely of Western, Western shootouts. shootouts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. so it, which which allows it, it's a great movie, but it, it yeah. it's a movie that's playing with the, the the trope because it knows everyone knows this trope. You know, you have a high noon standoff. So how many ways can we can we get modern actors into this into modern settings and just have fun with yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, I mean, is is Tombstone is the pinnacle of that in some in some ways. I don't necessarily mean in terms of the greatness of the film or not, but just yeah. it, it's it's the symptomatic film of that referential. Yeah. Um, self-awareness almost i mean actually pr probably pulp fiction is in the 90s it, but it's a slightly different genre but tombstone is for the western that i think it's that you know fully it's it's it was again it was, looking back. yeah it was the fact it was again had so many characters i mean two hours actually when you get around to it isn't that long for this this level of cast um yeah and oh, it's the, a huge it goes deep this goes yeah oh god and you you yeah you we talked about the cutting room floor again the fact that terry o'quinn's part must have been cut short because they must he have begins then again um michael rooker you just again i know he had a, a small part in he's it, not um, in it is he yeah but yeah it's hardly um, in it and the thing is michael rooker and i suppose this is part of the thing you can have film you can have stars who weren't famous yeah who become famous and you look retrospectively at the cast list and go, blimey, he's in it. She's in it. They're yeah. in it. But I don't think um, probably with the exception of Billy Bob Thornton, who I don't think was very well known no, at no, all yeah. at that point, almost everyone in that list had some level of success already. Yeah, some yeah. level of success, you know, yeah. um, some more than others, but definitely most of them were known and it go, it goes so deep. It's incredible. Yeah. I will say though, in terms of um, of kind of stunt casting being used very well, I thought Charlton Heston as Henry mm. Hooker was a brilliant move. Yeah, yeah, um, very good. Because uh, this is like um, ten minutes left of the movie to go here, and Doc Holliday has fallen ill, apparently badly ill, and basically they need him to get him to a safe place yeah. where they can hold up, and then we can make their next plan before they move on to face Johnny Ringo. And if you're going to have that, you don't you want need the back someone, of... don't you? You, 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 you? you need you, someone memorable. Well, not just that. You don't want in the back of your head thinking. 
is this rancher going to turn them over to the Cowboys? Yeah. Is he going to be scared? Is he going to yeah. be guilty? Look, yeah. I need someone who I will instantly know is solid, dependable, yeah. and honourable. I think Charlton throw Heston. Charlton Heston and I think, okay, I know exactly who Henry Hickok is. Yeah, it's true. It's and a it's really good move, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's reminded me actually of when they cast Rami Malek into, in Oppenheimer. It's like, I need someone you're going to pay attention yeah. to because you know you've got to pay attention to this yeah. guy, even though he hasn't been in any of the other movie before now. Yeah. And you Just don't know exactly why he's in the movie until the point that he's in the movie, yeah. <laughs> if that makes yeah. sense. And so, yeah, with, with Charlton Heston as Henry Hook, you think, that's fine. I don't have to think about that. I can just focus on the actual problem of yeah. why it's impending death and yeah, his relationship right. with Doc. It was a, it's a clever movie. I think actually the film needed that at that point as well, because, yeah. uh, uh, I mean, as much as much as the film is impressively made and it, it's great, I do think it, it, it goes on a bit. And the, uh, at the point at which Charlton Heston arrives... I'm flagging a little bit. Yeah. And when he arrives, I'm thinking, oh, oh, yeah, okay, right. <laughs> let's let's see this. What's yeah. gonna happen now? Because I've seen Tombstone loads of times, but I can't I can't remember I couldn't remember anything <laughs> went on in the film. I used to own the film on VHS when I was um oh, yeah. a, a, a youngster. But um I cannot remember anything about I couldn't remember anything other than the story, the general story, you know what I mean? I couldn't remember any of the scenes in it. Um but yeah, the, the uh, it, it's it's clever casting, but I think it's it's almost like it's Hollywood casting, isn't it? Really. So w w one of the one of the differences between this, I, I don't want to dwell on the differences between this and My Darling Clementine because they are fundamentally different films, I guess, really. But the fact that they talk about the same characters and the same yeah. kind of um, kind of setting, it, it, it does kind of make a difference. It, it's important to connect them. And the thing that My Darling Clementine has is that it has an auteur director in John Ford who yeah. casts one or two um, very, very famous, very well-regarded actors. So in the case of My Darling Clementine, it's Henry Fonda, and to a lesser extent, it's Victor Mature at the time. Um, because I think what Ford does is he stacks the film with character actors, people like Ward Bond, for example, who aren't particularly well known outside of the Western genre, but who he kept hiring again and again because they were solid actors. And yeah. it's because I think My Darling Clementine is much more about the character of Wyatt Earp. And I think Tombstone stacks it full of Hollywood stars and power because it's less about characterization and more about dramatic event and mm -hmm. so it needs the actors in it to just basically i mean T tombstone is filled with great scenes i think and yeah. i think you need the actors to to for that weight of the of the scenes in many ways there's about six or seven scenes in tombstone which are fantastic but they're not i don't think they're individual character based scenes they're just good action scenes or dramatic scenes overall right yeah um whereas in, in my darling clementine henry fonda is given and specifically henry fonda is given a number of scenes which are memorable like the, the perfume scene where he's wearing a bit of perfume isn't he and yes. he gets a bit embarrassed because because he, he, he realizes that he's been he's been found out right yeah. or the, the the scene where he's having a shave um that's a great scene as well and there's there's bullets coming in and everything and he's like what the hell's going on here as he comes out of that and it's the graveyards the, the graveside scene as well uh, well the victim mature scene when he when he realizes his heart's broken he just exactly. sits down and just drinks yeah, yeah absolutely and the scene the scene where the 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 um the actor does deliver the um the hamlet uh, um, um, yeah. scenes as well. They're, they're great character scenes. There isn't anything like that in Tombstone. And that's not a bad thing because it's a different type of film. But in Tombstone, you've got great 
dramatic action-based events that happen and they're filled with actors that fill the screen yeah and you know sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't um because the best will in the world i don't think any of the actors in tombstone are they're not the best actors ever i mean i think i think they're all good in this but they're action stars aren't they (laughs) you know basically i think and it works for that um, if we can actually talk about the performances now, you're right. Yeah. It's it's full of performances that that, that hold your attention. Kind of mesmerising the word, but they 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 grab your attention because they're entertaining to watch. Again, the again, the scene when Billy Bob Thornton is there. He's in one yeah. scene, and he's, yeah. it's it's memorable. You think, yeah, he's um, memorable. Yeah. And there's lots of things like that. Um, I mean, but do you think Val Kilmer's played a better role? I'm thinking again. I'm thinking Willow, but really, is, was he nah, done anything he's, better? He's better in this. Um, uh, so I yeah, I think Val Kilmer is really good in this, but. I have, to, I have to admit, whilst watching the film, it was only until about the last half an hour, 20 minutes or so, that I, I got it. I got him. Yeah. Uh, um, not saying that the first hour and 40 minutes he wasn't good in it, but yeah. I could, it, was, it was only until the end that I really grasped how, what a good performance it was, I think. It yeah. was layered. It was deep. It was it was complex as well, wasn't it? Um, it was a really because, yeah, interesting performance. Yeah, because so much is happening. For again, for the first hour, Doc is mostly just winning at cards and drinking. Yeah, and smoking. yeah, and you know he's he's engaging in yeah. that, isn't he? But then, yeah, there's again there's um like the, just for the uh, the OK Corral. That's when you first start to see Doc yeah. Doc's Doc's yeah. mask being lifted when Wyatt's going. You're not part of this, Doc. You'd have to come. And he goes, "That is a hell of a thing for you to say to me." Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And it's it's and we'll come into this now. Actually, the um the Come the, the whole female parts in the movie. We've talked a bit about Josephine and Matty, mm. and again the um they have the two other <laughs> wives, uh, one of which played by Paula Malcolmson, who actually had a, a much better and more interesting role when she went to Deadwood. Um, yeah, right. uh, as, as Deadwood, so I don't know. Oh, Powers Booth is in as well, but yeah, ah, right. Paula Malcolmson's uh, and, one Ma- of the... and um, I was going to say Mike McShane, but I meant um Ian McShane. Ian McShane, He's yeah. In Deadwood, yeah. Is he? But yeah, um, so again, Paula Malcolmson has better cowboy roles ahead, but basically yeah. the the there's not a lot for the women to either do or to be memorable for. And they could lift up the entire romantic subplot yeah. completely yeah, and, make so. more, and make more time for what is actually the romance of the story, yeah, which is why there's some Doc yeah, Holiday. Absolutely, yeah. The, I, I, the romance yeah, between them only really kicks off. Funnily enough, actually, they've told Josephine to go away and the two of them mm. are on their vendetta ride and they, they start to you know, they start to get the fact it's real. Because before then, Doc's hanging around like, he's my friend and the Earp's like, oh. <laughs> and yeah. And where's there at the picture? Those right. two really start to get be brothers. Yeah. There's no, um, there's no reason with the, f- um, female characters in the film for any of the men to be grounded for them. Yeah. But there is with the male characters. Um, yeah. So the, yeah, Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday, that is the central romance of the film, isn't it? That's the central connection, the characters of, of those two. And they, they, it's their relationship that drive it. They're very different characters, I guess, in that context, but it's the, it's the relationship there that drives it, I think. And, and that's, I think, also slightly different compared to My Darling Clementine as well, because in that you've got one of the first examples of the, the, the virgin whore dichotomy yeah. with Clementine and Chihuahua. Yeah. Um, and in that film, both of those characters provide Doc Holliday with redemption. Whereas in this film, it's why Earp that provides Val Kilmer the need to go on, the, the justification, the drive. And actually in the end, he describes why Earp as the only person that gave him hope. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's fantastic. It is, it is when it gets there. And interesting, yeah, Doc is the only person supporting White in what he needs to do, mm. which is again mm. his his vengeance ride against the Cowboys yeah. is not just to to avenge Morgan. It, it was he says he calls it a reckoning. It's about the kind of the justice that's been so suppressed in White has now come out, and he's going to kill yeah. every cowboy to cleanse the West. I mean, this yeah. is not actually the the true lead the true story of what what went on the Okira. This is the, the film story, no. yeah. um, and he's going to cleanse the West with his with his furious righteousness. And whereas Josephine is kind of like saying, "Run away with me, and we'll just hang around and have fun." Yeah, and actually, yeah. she's the bad influence. It's like yeah, you absolutely. may end up with her at the end, which is almost again the the nineties and indeed earlier trope of if you win the movie. You also get a love interest back. It's yeah. like whatever you do, yeah. whether it's winning the karate tournament or killing all the bad guys, yeah. you'll get the love interest because that's and, tagged on as the trophy. And that's sh- it's shown in the way that the final, the coda of the film is see- is is filmed as well, isn't it? So they come out of the um, they've gone to see a Gilbert and Sullivan um yeah. show that she's in. She's, she's in it. Yeah. She's I mean, I, it, yeah. I wish no greater um, damnation <laughs> on anyone than having to spend their life in a Gilbert and Sullivan. So you know, Josephine <laughs> deserves it. Yeah, but they come out and it's snowing, isn't it? And it's a very, it's a very <coughs> atmospheric scene. It's, it's very romantic. Bling's his hat in the air and they waltz in yeah, the snow. It's so that is, I mean, I can't. If you, it, that is so nineties, it's unbelievable. You're right. It's the, it, it's it's why uh, winning the film, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has to win the film. Someone has to win this film, and it, it's why up. Um, I mean, in, ter- in, in terms of some of the other characters, uh, some of the other actors, I think Kurt Russell does a good job in this. I like Kurt Russell generally, actually. Yeah. I think he's a really charismatic actor. And he's he's in one of my favourite films, which is Big Trouble in Little China, yeah. um, which I also use as a euphemism for me doing a poo. Um, so whenever, <laughs> whenever, I, whenever I say to Emma that I've, I've got Big Trouble in Little China, she usually rolls her eyes as I, as I mosey onto the toilet and spend half an hour reading the newspaper. But nevertheless, he's, that, I love that film. It's a brilliant film and he's brilliant in it. Uh, he just plays similar kind of roles a lot. Um, but what well, Kurt I, I, Russell does well, he, he's a presence, isn't he? He is, yeah. I really enjoy Kurt Russell. But it's funny yeah. if you say similar roles because I was thinking this through um, because as you say, you assumed Robert Mitchum did a lot of cowboy roles. Yeah. Kurt Russell in this, he's, he's very good at work. Like he does the, he does the grimacing, he does the... the it's the moustache, isn't it? It's the moustache. But also, again, he <laughs> when he's facing people down without even drawing a pistol, he just sees danger and yeah. suppressed almost just righteousness. Um, that they yeah. can just do it. It's, yeah. it's really, really good. And he, it's really think, good, yeah. But if you think up to this point, what were Kurt Russell's roles? Mostly light action or comedy. He he began as a Disney um, Ooh, I actor. I don't know, though, Hugh. I don't really? Know. What would you well, say? No, let's, let's look at it. Because, like, Big, Big Trouble Little China is is a very tongue-in-cheek um, kind it of It is. Movie. But see... Escape when I, when, from New York is similar. Yeah, but I would say that when I say Can that Kurt Russell's, when I say that Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell is in one of my favourite films, and I say Big Trouble in Little China, yeah. of course, what I actually mean is the thing. Oh yeah, yeah, you get the uh, which thing. which is which would be literally in my top five films of all time, and he is the absolute quintessential element of that film. Um, so, no, I'll I give you that. But, but, yeah, but I do agree yeah. with you though. He, he, but even in that film, he plays the kind of it's not that it's not that he plays the tough guy yeah but he plays the he's he plays the kind of the blue collar um yeah he's skeptic he, yeah. he's you know but he, he's he's the tough guy as well yeah. but um you know he he's the i suppose he's yeah he, he he's he plays that role in that film it's just that the film is not a comedy or a light yeah. film in any way shape or form no. but, but you're other, right other than that, again tango and cash is you know, yeah you know, a light yeah. action again but yeah. once you get to the 90s you've got backdraft tombstone stargate that it was like blue well, collar yeah, yeah, absolutely. getting things done. But yeah. I think, but I think that in the nineties, there's a turn towards the dramatic with yeah. Kurt Russell in yes. the sense that what yeah. he's trying to maybe not. I don't mean it. He's trying to do it. He's obviously made a conscious decision to accept film roles that are a little bit more 
I don't know, mainstream perhaps. Yeah, and they were they were they were all big movies. Um, back yeah, to back very to much so. Stargate. It's funny if they if Stargate and Tombstone was back to back, and they were saying yeah. like, I mean, Stargate's like, oh, you spent you know three three months in the in the desert. Was it hard for you? Goes, no, I was wearing a cotton t-shirt in Tombstone. I was wearing like four layers yeah, of wool. Yeah, that was <laughs> like I was dying. I always wonder that actually. Oh, yeah, how do they manage that? But of course, I mean, Kurt Russell also. I always think of Kurt Russell as a, a, a someone who's big in the eighties and nineties. He continues to make incredibly yeah. successful films. You know, yeah. he's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's in Guardians Christmas of the Galaxy. One, two, yeah, Christmas Chronicles, The Hateful Eight. Um, Actually, he's, he's, one of the, he's one of the better Marvel villains. He's, uh, he's. I think he's a great presence. I've always enjoyed Kurt Russell. Yeah, I, I think he's. He's in Bone, Bone Tomahawk. Is another western that is worth yeah. watching. That oh, he's in. Yeah. Um, it's very, very good. But uh, so, yeah. point of view of his early roles is though, as in my kind of making connections is like Big Trouble in Little China was Kurt Russell kind of not parodying but doing his John Wayne, um, <laughs> and Escape from New York was kind of Kurt Russell doing his Clint Eastwood. If you think in those roles, it's like, yeah, what, what, how yeah, would John true. Wayne handle a Big Trouble in Little China? How would Clint Eastwood escape from New York? And it's almost like that. This is the movie he gets to set his own cowboy, because there's because you could imagine someone yeah being kind of like a you know a, a righteous cowboy I think oh he's been a bit Kurt Russell there in Tombstone because it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true you're right but it's interesting that you know even um uh not Powers Booth who's the other one um oh who's I can't remember what the guy's name is now which is ridiculous um it's not Powers Booth but it's it, I was get the, no I always get the two muddled up um not oh Michael Rooker that's who I mean oh, so yeah. he's obviously gone on to be a villain in one of the Marvel films as well he's in Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy as well isn't he oh, well, no, big... and, not quite a villain anti-hero oh yeah anti-hero yeah. he's the big blue um he's, he's blue? a blue character he's big yeah, 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 Michael yeah, Rooker. yeah. yeah he's he's yeah. he's Yondu the uh... oh that's it yeah so that, yeah they, their paths cross again I guess really but um oh I guess so yeah, yeah, yeah I... again, Michael Rooker has been in so much things for the last 50 years it's it, it'll cross every path Indeed, yeah, exactly. Um, I have to say, I mean, who would you um, think? Who would you say that Michael Rooker was being the uh, would have a showdown with Egg from This Life? <laughs> yeah, well, that's true, isn't it? <laughs> this is the kind of Hollywood oh, kind of you know chain of strings that Michael Rooker connects things yeah, to. It's Bob Hoskins, isn't it? This is yeah, he's there. And people will not know what we're talking about there, so let's just leave it. Um, <laughs> but it does make me think. I've not seen Big Trouble in Little China for at least a decade, and I had no idea it's on Disney Plus. Oh, is it? Oh, I'm going to yes. watch that. I'm yeah, there. I am as well. I've got to. It's a brilliant film. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah. The Pork Chop Express. <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Anyway, there we go. Right, yes. Right. So um, we're, 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 we should we're, actually we're mention at Kurt Russell, some, some actually interesting things <laughs> with the film is that um, the director w- was fired from this show and, yeah. um, and Kurt Russell essentially directed it. There was a, a ghost director brought in. But they said that Kurt Russell, George P. Cosmatos. Yeah, but he was basically the the, the beard, and because they didn't yeah. like the idea of a director director, and Kurt Russell apparently just put in a heck of a shift to both develop a performance and shoot the the yeah. direct the uh, the film too. So, yeah, real labor of love there. That you know maybe Kevin Costner would have done. Well, maybe uh, the only thing about um, George P. Cosmatos, I, I, I kind of feel a bit sorry if, if that is the case, and I have yeah. heard that as well. I mean, he he made Rambo. First Blood Part Two. That's not bad, is it? Yeah. Box office hit. Cobra, another one. Yeah. Cobra, so you... Is Cobra about? Oh no, that's not. Cobra isn't <laughs> the one where he does the. He's not the arm wrestler, is he? No, that's Stallone. Yeah. Yeah, but Cobra's Stallone as well, though. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, so so George P. Cosmatos, you know, 
got paid, got his name on a great film, yeah, I I think, and, did, and did no work for it. I'd have taken that. I'd have, I'd have yeah, gone straight to Tombstone. Well. Yeah. yeah, that's fair enough. But well, I mean, it's, 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 it's interesting you to... talk about, again, how, in, in fact, that may show up. Firstly, again, the, the, the movie in itself actually is is a bit all over the place structurally. We'll come, we'll come to that in a minute, but we've mentioned the fact that the, the love interest was was not cooked right. Mm. Um, but it might be the fact, but the, there are some great scenes in it. And it may be yeah, the fact that it's coming from an actor directing it is that the the, act, the performances and the scenes are all there. But if you're looking for an overall thread, yeah, I agree. If, if you want to think about it, we've mentioned it before, you, you can't really help the history, the fact that the two main villains of the Cowboys weren't at the OK Corral. But yeah. it does take away something that the, these guys were not at the OK Corral. I mean, it's, yeah. it, they're, they're trying to put Ike Clanton there as the common thread, but it, it does hammer home the fact that they weren't the villains. So who is the villain? Is Are they the bad villains? Paris yeah. is then killed, yeah. but they carry on. Is Sheriff Behan somehow the villain because he's the corrupt yeah. influence? What is going on and who who do we need to overcome? Yeah. And it's, the there isn't a clear thread, isn't there? But yeah. in between the characters or in the narrative, yeah. and I, I I do I mean I, I do wonder whether that is the result of the script being pared down significantly yeah. from what yeah. was originally a you know a very long script. Yeah, um, it feels and, like a sequence yeah. of things happening. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and, yeah, and and within that there is some great moments, aren't there? Oh yeah. Um, but but the, the, I don't think the whole quite adds up to the the sum of its parts in in many ways. And I'm belaboring the point, but in my darling Clementine, the cowboys as as a the organised crime kind of yeah. group, they they're not in it, are they? It's the Clanton clan that yeah. is the that are the that are the baddies, as it were. And it makes it much simpler, I think, because you, you you've got an antagonist and a protagonist, haven't you? Whereas in this, there's lots of different interweaving bits. And whilst I believe Tombstone is the more accurate representation, yeah. that doesn't make it necessarily the more successful story in yeah. that context because of course again the um my darling clementine the reason why it wasn't called gunfight of the okay corral was because my darling clementine was the first time this was depicted no exactly. no no one was no rewinding one up for like oh is there going to be a gunfight of the okay corral yeah, here? it wasn't it wasn't relevant which is why it's at the end of the film and it's 30 seconds long yeah which is why yeah it, it can it can it, it, it can, can do you, that it, it, it can use that gunfight first yeah. class you have doc holiday killed in that one yeah, you can exactly. use it to tell yeah. its its narrative story yeah whereas here i mean they I mean, there, there are slips and errors, and, and, and there are certainly historiographical arguments to be had about this. I mean, not least that Doc Holliday fires three times from a two-barrel shotgun. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but, <laughs> but generally, they've really tried to, to hit the historical beats and do things yeah, properly. Yeah. Um, although we'll get, once again, we'll come to the the unnecessariness of um, of the uh, of the, the love interest. Is Dana Delaney is that the, the shoot actually happens at a photographic emporium near the OK Corral, um, oh. but they actually put Dana Delaney's character having a photograph taken at the time, oh, which yes. did not happen. And once everything's gone, I mean, it's a wonderful scene. Like the, the dust has settled. It's beautiful. The, the, the herbs are on the floor, and you see wide up silhouette yeah. against the sky. Yeah. And the music comes in, and then she toddles out and kind of gives him a look. It's like. Go away! This was this, yeah. this was a moment. This wasn't for you. Yeah, stop stepping on the moment. But <laughs> actually, that's yeah. why the sheriff, the the, the, um, the corrupt sheriff Behan comes out after the dust and goes, "Okay, um, I'm going to have to arrest you." And he goes, "I'm not going to let you arrest us today, Behan." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Behan. I'm not going to let you arrest us today. Um, but once again, this was the fact that uh, again, maybe a good a good proofread or group proof edit with this would like a just lifted out the love interest um I, I and think you, so. you'd see you yeah. save so much time and you'd get so much more to do and you'd have such a cleaner story yeah yeah i i i, 
Yeah, I, 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 feel, I couldn't yeah, agree more. I couldn't agree I more. that ends with, with, with Wyatt leaving Doc to die alone. Yeah, and end it, it. end it there. Oh, my goodness. What an ending that is. Instead, we go to Gilbert and Sullivan, HMS Pinafore. <laughs> yeah. not I, mean, you, I mean, you love it, don't you? You love it. But <laughs> at the same time, that's not the ending you want, is it? I mean, that's the, 19, that's the 90s ending everyone wants. Yeah. But it's not the ending that it should have. Yeah. It, sh- yeah, it should be. It, 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 it'd have a lot more... It'd have a lot more credit in the bank with me if it ended with Doc Holliday. Or even it doesn't even. I mean, even if there's a coda where you, you see, you know, later in life, um, Wyatt Earp, I don't know, talking about Doc Holliday or something. Like, I don't know. It doesn't it's just not, don't end it with that stupid. Um, <laughs> don't worry, Wyatt. We, my family's rich. It's yeah. like it's totally the wrong thing to end the film on. Oh, it's awful. awful. Yeah, really bad. <laughs> really bad. Um, I mean, the film made a lot of money. At the box office, it was oh, a success. Yeah. It was an expensive film as well, actually, at the time. It was about $25 million, but it did, it it made nearly $100 million. It made about $75 million on that. So it, it was it was a big success. And, and it sunk the uh, the Kevin Costner one. I mean, did it, did it come out the same? Because it's, it's, it's uh, funny. You, yeah, you, it's funny, isn't it? You, you do often get that sometimes, don't you? Well, actually. what you normally get is, is again, because oh, the Hollywood room mill goes around and word gets mm. out that a big studio is doing a big film. And then the uh, yeah, rival studio almost, didn't you? will... Yeah, well, tear out a knockoff so yeah. basically confuse the audience enough that it will uncut it but these are two epic productions with a big stars and a lot of money thrown into them yeah um, well i think why Earp, the film why Earp came six out months six months later um and from what i mean i remember at the time thinking why Earp looks really boring and tombstone looks really exciting yeah and i think what what consumers probably wanted at the time was not a dour biography of Wyatt Earp, right? Surely they wanted they wanted a they wanted some razzmatazz, some action, and you know, Tombstone isn't a short film, but it's yeah. it's an the hour ro- and a bit shorter than Wyatt Earp. So, the roaring rampage of revenge. <laughs> yeah, that's what they wanted. And again, that 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 poster, that poster is iconic. The, the, oh, the, the end credits are folk. iconic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they just walked. It's them four walking toward the camera for about ten minutes. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny to have that in the end credits because it's, yeah. it's basically like, remember this bit? You'll remember this bit. You want to? Yeah, you. They should do more of that in films. Instead I mean, of having... I do remember, yeah, I do remember the posters even had more than one tagline because they couldn't decide. It's like every town has a story. Tombstone has a legend, and they also had Justice is coming. It's like whatever you want. I mean, that's the one I remember. Justice, Justice is, coming. is coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Justice is coming. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, Wyatt Earp. The film has Dennis Quaid, Gene Hackman in it, as well as Kevin Costner, right? You know, Isabella um, Mussolini. Considering less is it, yeah, Bill Delaney. Pullman, the other Bill. Bill Pullman's in it. That's why you get Ooh. confused. You're not sure what film you're watching. But the Paxton Pullman. Um, Bermuda Triangle. I've been lost in that many a time, even oh. though they don't look like each other at all. I just not, not always the get them act, yeah, too much. Not the same actors, but yeah, I do the same thing. It's ridiculous. But you know, here's the here's the other thing. Wyatt Earp had a budget of sixty three million, so it was Oof. it was the one it was the one that the it was the one that they thought was going to be the big one, and it made fifty million. You know, so it 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 lost it lost money big time. Whereas Tombstone, third of the price. Uh, made almost twice as much money. Um, it's just more entertaining, right? It is, but yet, yet again, in, in it's the same. Re- it's the same story, though. <laughs> but in retrospect, I was I was thinking, and when we come to the nineties, yeah, Tombstone is 
the you know it's it's not the the fluff movie. It's not it's like it's not the the action movie. It's the important historical. Yeah, it's still the important movie, yeah. But it, it yeah. isn't. No, 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 no. No, 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 I've seen it. It's not. But it, it feels no. from looking back, it's like oh yeah, that was you know there was there was other ones around. Yeah, there was the Quick and the Dead. There was the mm. Unforgiven. All these peripheral films. But Tombstone is again the one of the nineties that I remembered um, yeah. because I thought. Because it was it was again trying so hard to put all this history and the classicness of the Western and to feel yeah. like an epic. It's like, please remember us as the big movie. And it's it's well, not really it's it's a it's a it's an action movie. It's an action movie, isn't it? Well, it's a it's, Western rather than a, a biographical story, isn't it? Yeah, it's a Western. Yeah. But yeah. I, I I wonder whether that has something to do with our age at the time of watching it, because I probably. I feel like that is a similar view that I would have had. I would have bought Tombstone on VHS because I would have thought it was important because I was a knob. Like you know, I was a, <laughs> I was a pretentious child. I think I, you know, I'd be buying, I'd be buying films that in retrospect aren't important at all, but I thought were important. So Tombstone would be one of those. Yeah. It tells the story of Wyatt Earp. This is an important film. Whereas actually the, the, the proper serious film yeah. was Wyatt Earp, <laughs> right? Actually, Tombstone is the children's film. It's the children's version of Wyatt Earp, isn't it? Really? Is. But, you know, so as a as a as a young teenager, I'm obviously going to be suited much more to watching Tombstone with yeah. pretensions of Wyatt Earp than watching Wyatt Earp and being absolutely bored to death. Well, yes, but spinning off the back of Young Guns too, you think I'll watch this because I'm a grown up now. I uh, I, I watch <laughs> yeah. grown up movies. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's the that kind of stuff. Isn't yeah. Everything. yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, of the two, clearly Tombstone is the winner. Um, yeah. You know, in 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 everything. I mean, the irony is, is that this. I mean, there's so much in Wyatt Earp going for it. I mean, it was directed by Lawrence Kasdan, yeah. who did you know, Empire Strikes Back. I mean, come on. I know it's, it's... Uh, what <laughs> and and Raiders of he wrote Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, I mean, come on, the guy's a he's Hollywood royalty. I mean, if I ever have three hours to spare in my life, I, mean, I, I wouldn't say no to it. But yeah, I mean, may, maybe, maybe. Maybe I'll the, take it as a mini series and do an hour a night. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I think life's too short to watch another film about the OK Corral and Wyatt. Yeah, Quick and the Dead is my two, next one. We? Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm going to do Big Trouble in Little China, the film, not the Ooh, poo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I might, I might have big trouble in Little China tonight. Yet the night is young, but um, I'll be watching Big Trouble in Little China soon too. So there we go. Yeah, I think this might be our cue to move on. <laughs> yeah, I think it might be, mightn't it? <laughs> oh dear. Should we so, do the scores on the doors? First, we must, uh, Mister Corral our horses, and, uh, and uh... <laughs> this is basically the same as when we watched My Darling Clementine, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> you can't, there are no new puns you can do. Well, we will, uh, we will hand around the street howitzers and. Uh, and... <laughs> Uh, and reach for our uh, cult action peacemakers while we take a short break and then come back with the scores and then we shall learn as we go into the noughties what the next movie is going to be indeed welcome back dear listener um I've not said this for a while, but it's the moment we all like. It's nearly the end of the, the podcast, isn't and it? And what a podcast. Thank you for hanging in there. Oh, God, this is this is too late. The hero lengths, isn't it, really? I mean, we could <laughs> be coming up to the hero lengths. No, that's true. I'll try um, to just in the cutting, but yeah. Oof. Anyway, oof. let's not make it longer. Let's get to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> James, what are your scores out of five disembodied floating crombie heads? What would you give it? Well, I mean, 
um, I've got, you know, I've got a lot of love for Tombstone. I've got fond memories of it, um, even though I couldn't really remember anything about it. But I did know it was a, f- a formative film in my in my burgeoning teenage years. Um, I think there's a lot there's a lot to like about Tombstone. I think that um, Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer particularly um, are very good in their roles for what they do. I don't think they've got particularly challenging roles, but Val Kilmer does give a really good account of himself, particularly. I just think there's there's something about it that doesn't quite all fit together. I think it's a bit messy and um, it's a film with great scenes, I think, rather than a great film. It's certainly not as canonical as My Darling Clementine. Um, It's three disembodied Crombie heads for me. Three for you. Okay. Um, I think that's fair for myself. I wouldn't disagree with any of that. It... Uh, I really enjoy it. I enjoy the performances. I enjoy a lot of the scenes. I was very surprised watching it through again, thinking this is very disjointed. You know, this is mm. very uneven. There are some scenes here that are completely redundant. There's some things that aren't paid off. And it surprised me because I, again, as a child, watched this and thought this is the bee's knees. This is a proper, proper Western. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think for me, it's going to be four. Um, mm. Yeah, it's, it's uh it's still again it still bears a rewatch it's great fun mm. but it's not it's not the classic i thought it was mm. it is good fun though isn't it and there's something it's to be said fun. about a film that's just good fun you know i would happily watch this again get a beer watch Tuesday. Yeah. great yeah. stuff yeah there we have it we've uh again mediocre mid 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 level scores i think for tombstone not mediocre it's a, it's a great uh it's a great watch but what are we watching next month we're nearly there we're nearly there oh, the gosh. last the end's in sight what's oh, going to lead us into it what is going to be again and this time I'm, I'm definitely again. You know, I've hardly seen any of the, the cabin movies in the last uh, last few decades, so I'm very interested mm. in what we'll do. Yeah, well, we will be watching um, in October, three ten to Yuma. Three ten to Yuma, yeah, which is the, the remake, obviously, given that um, it was Indeed. it was originally a, a movie I think in the fifties, which we might watch to give historical context. Although we yep. still do have the Quick and the Dead, Big Trouble in Little China, and Young Guns Two to squeeze in as well. <laughs> And indeed, the, the, the beginnings of uh, of, oh. our, of our of our un, unrevealed project. We'll be working on that diligently mm, behind the scenes to reveal it. So watch out yeah. for that too. But until then, I think you've borne with us long enough. We will uh, we'll head for the sunset as we wish you all a very happy and a very healthy weekend at Crombies. Good evening, all. Weekend at I was absolutely certain that the Olympics would be a complete failure. Oh, yeah. Just because that's just what it's like in Britain. Because the run-up felt like a failure. It felt like yeah. all, all the markings of a failure. Too much money, too much effort. Yeah. Those yeah. weird little mascots. Yeah, yeah. But it worked brilliantly. It was, like, oh, it was amazing. Brilliant. And one of the best things was um, George Osborne, Osborne getting um, booed at yeah. the... Um, the opening ceremony fantastic that's what you want i mean maybe the closing ceremony was the start of the long it could have been couldn't it yeah the 17 minute george michael medley including eight songs previously unreleased (laughs) the two two people doing an impression of del boy and rodney doing an impression of robin and batman like because how does that play on a global <laughs> i'll tell you how it plays because I, I i showed a clip of the american coverage saying uh, for those viewers not familiar del boy and rodney are english folk heroes <laughs> i suppose they are they are but you know <laughs> i suppose they are <laughs> why are they dressed as batman and robin with like what did they do about how like, yeah how would you even understand that so it's not like oh yeah that's the elbow Robin. that's exactly what they wore every week that's how mm. i recognize them what you really want is a scene with trigger uh opening the the boy falling through a bar. Boy, yeah, no, that that you know you'd get that, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs>
They should have made it enormous. They've had like a 50 foot trigger standing there while a 50 foot Del Boy <laughs> falls to the bar, demolishing the Olympic Village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, uh, un, under the under the bottom of the the bar, it says "Made in China." And then what you do is you, you have the, the it's a handover to Beijing, then, isn't it? Yeah, you got perfect, perfect. <laughs> That's what you needed. <laughs>